I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. This is a weekend update for the week ending July 10, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Pretty strong finish to the week. We have a lot to discuss. We're going to look at a variety of charts and then we're also going to look at a few things that we discussed a couple of days ago and they come back around so we can use it as a quote unquote lesson learned opportunity. In this video, we're also going to take a look at a few stocks to put everything that's going on into perspective. We have earnings season that's going to really kick off or get underway this coming week. The big banks start reporting their earnings and then we have companies that will report their earnings before and after the bell by the bucketful. So what does that mean for us? That means when you think about stocks on the move, the trades this time of the year happens four times a year. Earnings season lasts for about four to six weeks. The trades come fast and furious. We're at the front end of that thing right now. First, let's take a look at the first or second or third thing that jumps off the page on the SPY chart. What jumps off the page at the S&P? Thursday, we tested that 311 to 310 neighborhood. They ricocheted off that. And what happened? By Friday afternoon at the close, they're higher, closing at the highs, poised to do what? They're poised to go fill the infamous gap that we discussed ad nauseum at what price? 319. Now, we have to have a discussion about this gap. We've been hammering at the gap. Traders have been waiting for the gap in both directions. Traders have been trying to ride price up to the gap. Traders are waiting for the gap to short the hell out of the market. Guess what? Look what happened over the last week or so. When you take a look at the run up to the gap, we came up, made an attempt at the gap, and we're not going to call this a failure, but we're going to call it they didn't have enough mustard in the jar to get up to the gap. So what did they do? They ended up eating time off the clock, running sideways. Think about it like this. We discussed this when we discussed stocks on the move. Price goes to a certain spot. It hangs out for a cup of coffee headed for another destination or another spot. Well, here, is that secondary spot actually the gap at 319? Remember, they didn't come that far away. They pulled back a little bit, but never were really rejected. This would be more of a rejection. This is not a rejection. This is just eating time off the clock, running sideways for a while. As we say, hanging out for a cup of coffee. So what that really does is it puts in question whether the actual destination was 319 or will be 319 if they continue higher. Where is that destination? I would say at this point in time, your odds are probably better in your favor, closer to double top than they are at the gap. Only because we basically just ran sideways had a cup of coffee, ate some time off the clock, right underneath the gap. That diminishes, at least from where I sit, the type of reaction that you would normally see at the gap if you went up there on a straight shot. What do I mean by that? Well, take a look at this shot from down here. They were running into the gap, but they ended up stopping. They ended up 
running out of juice or mustard. We just talked about that. At that same time, if there was another day or two right up into the gap, that would have been a different story. You would have been more likely to see a reaction in the other direction rather than just running sideways at the gap. That's just under normal garden variety market conditions, the way the market works using the 80-20 rule, the duck theory, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, generally speaking, it's going to be a duck. Now, the tough part is all that stuff gets thrown out the window because we ran sideways, had the cup of coffee, ate time off the clock right underneath the gap. Another way to say it is the market is building energy by running sideways to make another push higher. The question is, is the push higher or did they build enough energy to make a push higher farther or north of the gap or is this it? Is this all the energy they needed just to get to the gap? Well, for about four, five, six days running sideways, I would say they built enough energy to get north of the gap. Time will tell. There's no hard and fast rule. We can't turn to a certain page in the book and say, okay, here's what's going to happen. What you just heard me say was my analysis of the situation and then my opinion based on the analysis of the situation. I'm calling balls and strikes and my conclusion based on the count is that the gap isn't going to have the same type of reaction that it would have had about a week ago. So in short, do we go ahead and short the market with both hands at the gap. And that's up to the individual trader. Everybody can do whatever they like. Had we ran right up into the gap, I might have said yes. In fact, I did say yes. But we didn't run right up into the gap. So now that's not something I'm going to entertain. Doesn't mean I'm not going to short the market up there somewhere. Just means I'm not looking at the gap. I'm also looking for signs and signal of a trend change. These are things that are taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. We don't like to be a one-trick pony around here. We have a handful of rabbits in the hat. Let's take a peek at Inside the Numbers from Friday's activity. We'll find a couple of interesting things, a couple of things that you need to know if you're active in the market during the day. By the way, how about stocks on the move? There was an opportunity list posted. Nothing hit its number. One did right at the end of the day. That doesn't count. NBR. That's all right. We know what's coming next. We have earnings season getting kicked off and really getting into fast and furious mode. So we know what's coming up there. So let's stick right now to the commentary. And here's something that I want to point out right out of the gate. You saw the pre-market commentary. What I urge you to do is pause the video, read the stuff, restart the video, Go back to the chart. See what happened after the stuff was posted. Let's highlight something right here. This is before the market opens. For the bear case, they need to get to and close hourly below ES3128 and SPY313. All right, that's a start. Let's move it up a little bit. See what's going on. 935. Initial support is 313, give or take. Old timers know the routine, newcomers, here's the drill. Everything to the right of the vertical is Friday's activity. So here's what we want to look at. This is a SPY five minute chart. We were just focused on support early in the day. This was at 9.35 on the post, 3.13. It was a give or take. The low of day happened to be 3.12.76, take off to the upside. 
How you doing? Obviously, we didn't know this was going to happen, but certainly nailing the low of the day, you have to call a W a W. By the way, of note, this was not 9.35, they hit 3.13. They hit 3.13 at 10.05, or between 10 and 10.05. Just double checking on that one. 9.54, no change on the south side, still 3.13, should be support, they weren't quite there yet. Moving right along. There's your initial bounce from 313. Traders who bought support need to book some profit along the way, treating it as a business. At that point, how long you want to hold is up to the individual trader. Some people want to be in and out in an hour. Some people are okay sitting there all day and everything in between. Everybody's got their own shtick. This is my shtick. You've got your shtick. Let's move it along. Now, on the way back up, we're talking about where resistance is likely to be. 315 to 315.55 zone. Back to the charts. You can see on the way back up, 315, 315.55. Actually, 65 was the high. The pullback. And then once they start eating time off the clock in between those numbers, that's at least a early sign. The market's kind of telling you, hey, we're going to make another move higher because what are they doing? They were eating time off the clock. They stopped for the cup of coffee because why? Because the destination was somewhere else. They just needed to do what? They needed to build some energy, eat some time off the clock. They needed to refuel. Look at this right here. You can see they run a test at 315. It's good. They get out of there in a hurry. Boom, right off to the upside. Let's move it along a little bit. I want to point something out. Here's a 1021 post. Now, I know there are a lot of traders out there that love to short the market, and that's fine. And they're going to be right some of the time. The problem is, and most don't want to admit it, even the guys that and girls that short the market most of the time, they're wrong more than they're right. So in a soft kind of way, even though I'm telling you where the resistance is, I'm also trying to tell you, don't take the short. I'm not going to tell you not to take the short. It's going to be resistance. You want to take a short, do it. But it's kind of one of those things where the full stack was lined up to not necessarily sell off on that Friday. It was stacked to maybe just go back and forth, chop shop, grind higher, or move higher. Either way, it's part and parcel to what I like to call hashtag reading the tape. So I'm giving you some of the reasons, generally speaking, can a trader sell against 315.50? Yes, you can, but understand the short trades in that light volume summer doldrum market is a tough trade. So I'm giving you the information, do with it what you want. Moving right along. Now, we know once it's reached that if they start pushing above, they start closing some short-term candles above 315.5, 315.55, that's telling us that there's another leg higher coming. That's just the way the market works. It's garden variety, nothing new. So, move it along. What I'm going to do is just let you pause the video and read the notes, go back to the charts on your own, see what price did. Here comes another image that was posted on Friday. And this is something of, we'll leave you with this over lunch. So where's the market going? What's actually happening? Rather than just looking at price or looking at a chart and watching price go back and forth, back and forth, what's it actually doing? Let's think about the other charts that we've looked at in the recent past, like the night before, and let's think about what the market is actually doing. Where is it headed? Remember, some chart, whether it's a five-minute chart, a 15 an hourly, a 240, a weekly, some chart is the dominant chart at that time. 
120 minute chart. So at the time, price was below this breakdown candle high. The high was 317. You'll see inside numbers, 317 is going to come up obviously in the afternoon as price is heading toward that destination. Now, let's demark 317. The actual high is 317.10. Let's go back to inside the numbers, run through the afternoon, let you read the notes. There you go. There wasn't much more, right? Friday afternoon, market's on a grind. They're doing one thing. They're going for the breakdown candle high. Let's see what it looked like as they approached. So just randomly, we can look at a few different charts. We'll look at a 10-minute chart, and you can see they start to grind higher, have a couple of little tiny pullbacks, and then they bust through. They do the back test. But what they did was they closed above that high by the end of the day. Not by that much. We're talking pennies. But pennies matter because the concept of what they did matters. There are no accidents. There are no coincidences. And here's a five-minute chart. And you can see they didn't run right up to that spot and pull back. They kind of ran up, went sideways, ran up, had a couple of little tests back down. And then they finally busted through. Then a back test, what is resistance becomes support. So you would think the breakdown candle high at 317.10 is resistance. You can see it never really was much of resistance, but you can see that price was headed up there. And then they did a little back test right back down under, closing the day above that spot. So let's go back to a bigger chart. Here's an hourly chart. They closed above that spot. What does that mean? Well, let's take it at face value for a second. Face value says that that wasn't the destination. Price closed above for a reason. It's kind of giving you the, hey, look at me thing. So you want to take notice when they do those kind of things. It's generally a signal that there's another leg higher coming. Where's the leg higher coming? Well, we go back to something we talked about a while ago. 319. We're not that far away anyway. Again, don't know that that's going to be the stopping point. There's a double top area. Could get up to 323, 322 in that camp. What else do we have on the docket this coming week? Well, not only do we have the earning stuff, we have the big banks, we have PepsiCo, we have some big companies that can certainly move markets one direction or another. Move sentiment, changes the character of things. All of a sudden, a sector is under pressure or a sector is running fast. But not only all that, we also have the traditional options expiration, which is the third week of the month. Third Friday of the month is the actual options expiration. And not so much with the index, but certainly with stocks, you can certainly see, and the term we like to use, it's a highly technical term of shenanigans. So net-net on the SPY is they closed them well until and unless there's a quick dip below that same 317.10, then we're going to go with they're headed for another destination. And you know what? It's pretty close to that spot. So it's a pretty easy if-then statement. If back below, it's less bullish. It's more bearish. If they stay above, it's bullish. They were headed for another destination. Pretty simple stuff. Camp IWM. So Friday, they're leading to the northern or upside. They're leading in terms of my favorite market leading indicator up by percentage against the SPY. Not in the same position in the chart. I think this is of note. I think it's worth noting. Here's a high. Here's another high, a rejection. Another high, 
little rejection, right? Whether it's a pullback or rejection, I don't care what you call it. The point is, until and unless you get over these highs, we have a lower high situation. Now, when you look at this and compare and contrast to the SPY, we may have a lower high situation, but certainly we're not in the same position as the IWM. The SPY or the S&P 500 is stronger. Why is that important? It's important when you flip it around and say the IWM is weaker. It's my favorite market leading indicator. Doesn't have to lead every hour or every day. But when you start to see a picture unfold, if this gets above these recent highs, that's fine. If it can't, then you can see we're making a lower high in a weaker position against the SPY has to be noted. It has to be a puzzle piece. It must be on the table. And then we have the folks down at the transportation department. Similar story. Big up day leading to the upside. My favorite or second favorite market leading indicator. Again, in a different position than the other markets. But here's what we can say on this one. We're riding the 20 period moving average. The likelihood is that this was building energy to make another push higher. Just like the SPY, this is the equivalent of that 319. But yet... This pattern, when you look at market symmetry, what's market symmetry? Well, it's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, and it's important to know because we use market symmetry to our advantage. Right here, right now, I could use this market symmetry to say that gap is not the destination. I could even see the destination without knowing the destination. 97.50 is the destination of the symmetrical pattern that is in the midst of being created. It's not a lock, but this is the difference between the art form, the science, when you put the two together, you know where you're wrong. All that stuff becomes full stack. Where do you learn full stack? That's right. You said it. Lazy E-mini trader course. Below Thursday's low, this thing falls apart. A little short hop. How about the weekly chart? What's it doing? Is it actually going to run up to run a test of the breakdown candle high or is it just going to put in more of a bearish, wedgish type of formation and drop again? We'll see. Those are the options. We use the other charts, the shorter term charts, to know which direction, where's the trend, where are we wrong, where's support, where's resistance. Each chart, whether it be a monthly, a weekly, a daily, or less, has its place and has its day in the sun. How are the cues doing? Any change? No, they're still on the melt-up. They're far away from home base, but they don't care. They'll come back when they decide to come back. Is this the tech stuff running up into earnings season once the earnings are released? Are they going to sell them off? That is a possibility. It is an awareness. We all have to be aware of that. But there's nothing you can do with this until the market actually reverses. We had a sideshow canary in the coal mine with the XLF lately, and look what happened on Friday. He had an enormous rip in the financials, and it closes right around the 20-period moving average, above the convergence of those moving averages that were pushing price down. All of a sudden, in one fell swoop, they're doing the thing that we said they had to do to get a repair job underway. Was it a one-day wonder, or was this a big drawn out pullback creating a bear flag pattern that wasn't to be only to reverse on a dime it could be 
We'll know more next week if they get above and stay above the equivalent of 319. What am I talking about? Here's the gap. This is the equivalent of 319. If they get above and close above that gap, they're going to run higher and the market will be running right in front or right behind. We say it all the time. The market isn't going to get very far in either direction without the financials participation. It was some reversal on Friday. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Is this a divergence? Do we have a divergence in Smash Mouth? Well, when it's down 60 cents on a $160 stock, the answer is no. It's one-third of 1%. We're not going to make a big deal of it. It's far away from home base, a little bit extended. It's a proxy for the tech space. Is it trying to tell us something in a small way? Well, we don't know. I don't know that 60 cents qualifies for a puzzle piece, but we're watching. Remember, on all this stuff, the trend is your friend until it's not. Little quick lesson that I think is worth telling. So let's say we had a quick drop in the SMH. Doesn't even matter what this is. This could be IBM for all that matters. Let's say we had a quick drop right into this gap. But what would happen was everybody would get scared and say, wow, that was a quick drop. The trend changed. That's a reversal. But here's what I would say. Look over here and say, wasn't this a breakout area? Didn't the market run up here, pull back, run up again, pull back, finally break out, created a gap during the breakout? So they're coming back to test the former breakout area, fill a gap. The trend in this case would still be up. So there's nothing wrong with the trend. Wouldn't that just be garden variety market behavior? And what I would say is, yes, it would. Notice how whenever we do that exercise, no matter what chart it is, it always works out the same. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. It's everything I really wanted to and intended to discuss. So I think we'll pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit mystrategicforecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.